from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments. everyone. Welcome to Straight Talk and Iowa Catholic Radio. You know, you got to love technology because it works great first time, you know, then you have little glitches. But I am grateful that you are all joining me today. I'm Jean Wells and this is Straight Talk. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world, plus commentary on tough issues that do impact our lives. It's Straight Talk. You've got questions, we've got answers. I'm so blessed to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio here at Iowa Catholic Radio and also great, grateful to Blackbird Investments for sponsoring Straight Talk. Doing what is challenging because it is right, that's Blackbird Investments. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core... Blackbird believes in giving buildings a new life. You can find them online, blackbirdinvest.com. Now, in today's show, we are talking about our life calling, our vocation. Specifically, we are discussing religious vocations, the priesthood and religious life, yet the practices we are discussing today apply to all of us. Perhaps if we all took eight years to discern our life's calling, we would equal the highest job satisfaction rating like the clergy enjoy at nearly 90%. My guest today is Father Ross Parker. He's the vocations director for the Diocese of Des Moines. And we're going to talk about the state of vocations for the diocese. We're going to find out how our seminarians are doing with this COVID-19, where they're at, um, what may happen to them, and plans for ordination. Are there any ordination plans for this year, and will they be pushed back? We're going to find out all of that. But first, some news. Uh, This past Friday, four bishop chairman of committees for the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops have urged Dr. Stephen Hahn, he is the commissioner of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, to ensure that vaccines for the coronavirus disease 2019, COVID-19, are developed ethically and are free from any connection to the exploitation of abortion. The letter expressed strong support for efforts to develop an effective, safe, and widely available vaccine as quickly as possible, but also strongly urged that the federal government ensure that fundamental moral principles are followed in the development of such vaccines. Most importantly, the principle that human life is sacred and should never be exploited. Uh, The bishops were Archbishop uh, Joseph Nauman and Paul Coakley, as well as Bishops Kevin Rhodes and John Dorfelwer. They were joined by leaders of many, many healthcare bioethics, and pro-life organizations in addressing the commissioner of the FDA. Now, preaching at Santo Spirito in Sassia, Rome, official divine, uh, the official Divine Mercy Church on Sunday, Pope Francis said this. Now, 
While we are looking forward to a slow and arduous recovery from the pandemic, there is a danger that we will forget those who are left behind. The risk is that we may then be struck by an even worse virus, that of selfish indifference. A virus, a virus spread by the thought that life is better if it is better for me and that everything will be fine if it's fine for me, he continued. The present pandemic, however, reminds us that there are no differences or borders between those who suffer. We are all frail, all equal, all precious. May we be profoundly shaken by what is happening all around us. The time has come to eliminate inequalities, to heal the injustice that is undermining the health of the entire family. Hey, we're going to take that quick break, and when we come back, we'll be visiting with Father Ross Parker, the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Des Moines, on the state of vocations in the diocese. It's time for Straight Talk, right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. Forms, manuals, brochures, letterhead, envelopes, business cards, custom invitations, design, and bindery. Big Red Q Quick Print, located across from Merle Hay Mall, online at BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Big Red Q Quick Print. We make printing easy. Nearly 64% of all abortions in Iowa are chemical, or more commonly known, the abortion pill. At Intervisions Healthcare, we do not provide the abortion pill, but we do provide the medical information required to make an informed decision. If a woman regrets taking the first pill, she can come to Intervisions to help reverse the effects. Our nursing staff is trained in the abortion pill reversal protocol, a relatively new medical procedure, but we need your help in getting the word out. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support the mission, visit I. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. 
Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Welcome back to Great Talk, and I'm Kathy Jacob. This is Jane Wells, and I encourage you to text us if you have a question or a comment for Father Ross Parker, my guest today. Father Ross is the Vocations Director for the Diocese of Des Moines, and we're going to talk about the state of vocations for us in the diocese. Father Ross, welcome to Straight Talk. Jean, it's good to be on with you this morning. Thank you so much. Well, you know, before we talk about vocations, and we all are called to a vocation, mm-hmm. we want to talk about our guys. You know, this, yes. this this coronavirus, we had guys over in Rome, we have guys at all these different dioceses or different seminaries, so give us an update of, of where they all are. If they're all home, what, what's going on with them? Yeah, good question. So um, our, the, the, the men we have the most at uh, the seminary is St. Paul Seminary up in Minnesota on the campus of the University of St. Thomas. And those guys are basically doing what they would call a cloistered uh, kind of living situation where they have stayed up there and, you know, they have access to the sacraments and things like that. And so um, the, the guys in major seminary at St. Paul Seminary have, have stayed there and they're, they're adjusting well to that kind of life. They're really not allowed to leave uh, their campus and then they're doing uh, classes virtually. And so uh, that's, that's our St. Paul men, and then our, our men at the North American College in Rome, uh, as we know that um, the the COVID-19 hit uh, Italy particularly hard, and, and so um, they were doing basically what the St. Paul uh, men were doing uh, for a while, and then uh, the Italian government enacted even um, more, um, you know, kind of a harsher type of lockdown, and they were having a hard time getting personnel to, to, to even be able to come work. And so um, basically they made the decision to um, shut down the college for um, the rest of the semester. And so uh, the, the men from Rome uh, came home and they had to quarantine for 14 days. And now they're basically either with their, their parents or they're beginning their uh, summer pastoral assignments. And then um, our, our college seminarians are all at the University of St. Thomas and their uh, seminary, St. John Vianney. And those guys, uh, basically, you know, they shut down the University of St. Thomas. And so uh, those guys are basically at home now and, uh, you know, um, getting hopefully ready to do their, they're finishing their classes virtually and then kind of getting ready for the summer where our guys in college are mostly expectations for them to work and, and kind of help uh, pay for some of their tuition and, and things like that. And so, yeah, it's been uh, sort of uh, a lot to deal with with that, but uh, we're getting through it, and the guys have been, um, they've been in pretty good spirits and, uh, and I think understanding of the situation, even though it's very difficult. And they're all healthy. They're all healthy, thanks be to God, you know, that we haven't, there was um, there was one young man not in our diocese who 
um, they've been doing a good job kind of keeping the vocation directors updated, but one man was feeling ill up in uh, Minnesota, but he did not have the, the, uh, the virus. He had a, an, another illness. So, um, so they're all, they're all healthy and doing well from what I can tell. Okay. So, you know, of course I want to jump ahead. Were there any, voca- any ordinations scheduled for this year and, and what's going to happen to them and, yeah. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Yeah. So, um, two guys for sure are going to be ordained on uh, transitional deacons on June 12th. And so, um, I, 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 it's funny. I talked to Bishop Pates over the weekend and I know in Joliet and in Chicago, that they're going to push back their ordinations where, um, we're still in discussions, but with, with Bishop Johnson and Father Trevor, who's our, Director of Worship, but we're going to keep our date on June 12th. I think even if we have to have a small number of people, um, it's kind of sad because it's a it's a big thing, a day of uh, great rejoicing for our for our diocese. But um, you know, if we can't have a, a full a full crowd there, but a full multitude, but we're gonna we're gonna proceed with the ordinations, and hopefully we'll have the all clear by then, but uh, but however way we can do it, we're gonna we're gonna proceed on June twelfth with the ordinations of of Jake uh, Epstein and then uh, Brad Roby, and then there might be one more guy ordained in in, in June, and so uh, we're just kind of waiting for the okay with that. So I was gonna say, have they completed all their studies? I mean, are they gonna be uh, ordained to the transitional diaconate with a a disclaimer that says you have to finish this last class. <laughs> yeah, they'll see. They 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 basically um, will finish, uh, you know, their classes virtually, and so I I don't know exactly how that's how that looks, how they how they do all that, and you know, so but they'll they'll be they'll be finishing their classes, and you know, the transitional deacons then will go back for one more year, their fourth year before they're mm-hmm. ordained priests. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so they'll finish their classes. And then, you know, the, the main thing is that we get their evaluations. And so if a man is up to be ordained, uh, then the, the, the seminaries are good about getting us their evaluations, you know, so we have that um, to kind of help us make our decision and things mm-hmm. like that. So, so did we have yeah. any priestly ordinations scheduled for this year at some point in time? No, no priestly ordinations for okay. this year of, of 2020, but God willing, we'll have, we'll have four in 2021, so that'll be awesome. time to really celebrate. So that'll be the most we've had in a, in a long time, God willing. So you're going to add that to your resume, right? I uh, am. Yeah, yeah, I, I think. Four. Yeah, <laughs> I think Father Pins probably should have that because he was uh, the vocation director when a lot of those guys started. But uh, I can take credit uh, for that as well. Hopefully, so <laughs> that's good. Uh-huh. Well, let's talk about let's talk about some other numbers, though. Um, related to the coronavirus, we, you know, we've all heard about the financial impact that the coronavirus has had on parishes and, and, you know, it's, it's kind of sad. We were um, in today's mass, Father Higgins was uh, relating to the first reading where um, in scripture, it was talking about how they all came together and sold their properties and, and gave back, not out of an obligation to give, but because they had been given so much by God that they wanted to give back everything to their community. And it's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, that's fabulous. 
we, we've kind of lost that sense. And now we, you know, it's a bill that we pay. Mm-hmm. But you have, you don't have a parish. You don't have, you know, parish tithing to consider, but you rely on the ADA. Mm-hmm. The annual diocesan appeal for a significant portion of the funding for the education of our seminarians. How do you feel about this future? I mean, it's not yeah. like you're going to kick somebody out of seminary if, if the ADA doesn't right. come through, but what are you going to do? Right. No, I know that, that we've been in those discussions, you know, as you know, Gene, with, with the diocese about, you know, how can we kind of tighten our belt? And, and really, we should because. Um, you know, and, and also, too, I go back to, as you remember, our, our former pastor, Father Frank Palmer, always would tell me that, uh, you know, people give out of their poverty, and so we have an obligation to use the funds that were, were given uh, well and appropriately and, and definitely try to try to do that. And so just in, just in our office, um, we're just, you know, in the vocations office trying to, you know, obviously suspend um, travel, you know, non-essential travel, things like that, conferences that I normally go to. And so just because we're, we're we realize that people are, you know, struggling financially and, and many people are, are losing their jobs. I think there's 22 million people, you know, filed for unemployment. And, and so we want to be very respectful of that. And, and, and for us, that we want to be using their, our resources wisely, and, and we do try to do that. Um, and, and like I tell people, you know, it's, it's, um, with, with tithing, you know, we, we get into this, well, I have to give, like you said, well, I'll give 10% or whatever. But I think the, the idea with the Acts of the Apostles is that, that Christ wants all from us. And whether, you know, it's, it's not just, I give, you know, some money, but he wants all of us. And he wants us, you know, for lack of a better word, words to kind of be all in for him and in, in, in every way of our lives. And so, I think with 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 that is that um, you know so it's it's not just our our our, our treasure but it's our time and our talent uh, that we're called to put Jesus first in our lives uh, and so that's kind of the the, the difference between the um, kind of you know that oh I give I give ten percent of my money great but we God wants all from us and 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 not just mm-hmm. monetary but uh, all all our all to love God, you know that that great Shema Israel, to love God with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, all our beings, you know, and so that's that's what what God kind of wants from us, and so yeah, kind of answered your question in a, in a more of a gave you a little treatise on uh, on <laughs> on, uh, on on uh, tithing or whatever, but I think yeah that um, just so people know that we do rely on that and it's important and and obviously if you can to support the, the we know we have the seminarian collection in September which is so helpful. People are so generous to that because I think they see, um, they see, um, priests and they, they know that we need, we need good holy priests. And so they're very generous with that. And in the ADA, that was always my talk when I was a pastor. Hey, you know, I love being a priest. Um, a lot of the ADA money goes to, to helping, um, form seminarians and, and helping priests with, uh, you know, our uh, health insurance and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, worthy things to give to if people are able, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, really, though, a year of seminary, I mean, how expensive is that? It's just, what, two, three bucks? What's that, Gene? I'm sorry. I said, you know, going to seminary, it's not really that expensive. Just, you know, two, three bucks, <laughs> right? Right. No, yeah. yeah, you know, so it's it's graduate it's graduate level education, and so it's it's expensive, you know, and so, you know, you're talking – um, 
upwards of probably for each man if if they make it through um seminary you know two hundred and fifty thousand dollars and and that's a that's a great investment that 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 we make in the men and and we also you know we we pay for their education because we want them to be able to make a free choice you know to to um to to say yes to the lord and so if they have some debt or um, something like that, then that takes away that freedom, uh, to do that. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it's a lot, it, you know, so it's, uh, it's a, it's a high cost and, uh, you know, and so that's, that's where, you know, most of our budget, obviously, you know, like that's where, where, where it's, uh, mm-hmm. the, the tuition and the room and board is where it kind of mostly goes to pay that. So, yeah. well, and, and those bankers as a former banker, you know, we look for return on investment. And, sure. uh, yeah, we may not be able to calculate the return on investment when it comes to our priests um, yeah. because there's there's no, you know, numbers to put next to it. But, you know, I yeah. think of, of, of going to Mass when you were the celebrant and to to witness the, the consecration um, that, that you offer during that part of the Mass is mm-hmm. powerful, and you can't put a dollar sign on that and calculate that return on investment. So um, yeah. I think we have to just remember what a gift each and every one of our priests are, and uh, boy, do we do we as Catholics uh, benefit from, from each of you. So thank you for your okay. your vocation, Father Ross, and to all of our priests that are listening and, and the deacons and all of those in religious life. But I, I want to take a giant leap backwards um, mm-hmm. and discuss those early tinges of considering priesthood and, and how do you really discern this calling? Because, like, you know, I hear, I've talked to all the, the seminarians, and some of them first felt, you know, that call to priesthood when they were in elementary or middle school. And say, well, what do you do when you're 13 and think you're called to the priesthood or religious life? I mean, what does that look like, Father Ross? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. So, I think, you know, in, in the talks I give to young people and, and, and then, you know, in the parishes when they were still open and things was that I would talk about, I always talk about that, you know, each of us has a vocation and then the, the, by virtue of our baptism, you know, um, that we should just be open to all the vocations. And so I think the main thing is that I try to impart in young people is that, you know, that call to religious life, that call to priesthood, is just something that our young people should be thinking about and praying about. And, and so, um, so I think that's, that's the first thing is just that first of all, openness to it. And, and that, and that's just kind of a Catholic thing that we should all be discerning that, you know, where, where is God calling us? We know that most people obviously are called to the vocation of, of, of the married life just by just sheer statistics, but there are people uh, who are called to the single life to, um, to religious life, to the priesthood. And so they should just be thinking about it. And then, you know, as they sort of are, yeah, like you said, those twinges or those of, of um, intuitions, or they just feel like, man, I really, I could see myself as a religious sister. I could see myself as a priest. Then they kind of, kind of take that. And then they, obviously, as they get older through high school or even later in life, college, or, or some people have worked or, um, you know, and then they kind of discern, you know, maybe God is calling me to this. But the, the main thing to think about is that most, so you, you go to the seminary or the convent 
to discern if this is the actual place for you. And so, like I tell people, if you're thinking about it, if you're, you know, you're really on the fence that the best thing to do is to go and explore it. And, and, and most of the people, honestly, uh, um, or not most, but a lot of people who start as a seminarian or they, they enter a convent, um, many of them won't, uh, make final vows or you're ordained, but their time spent there, um, has, you know, help form them as human beings, as Christians, as mm-hmm. disciples. And so it's really invaluable. And, and some of the, uh, you know, just tremendous people I know, even, you know, who work uh, with us, Gene, in the diocese are, you know, former seminarians or um, were in religious life uh, for a while and, and discerned that it wasn't for them. And so that means it's done its job. You know, that's so it's right. not a, a negative thing or, a, you know, it's not any, it's like, it's not like well, you failed. Yeah. Yeah, not you at all. You don't fail because you leave seminary. You've, you've done what you were supposed to do. and Right. You know, one of the things before we take our break, I want to talk about this difference between how you really discern. I mean, if you're in high school, so if you're elementary, middle school, you're encouraged to stay open to what God wants you to do. Right. When you're, right. When you're in high school, do you have to, like, start praying the, the divine office? I mean, when does that start you know how do you yeah. if you're a second career guy you know yeah. should you be if you're really discerning should you be going to mass every day i mean what are the things that you should do to be open great question gene yeah i think you know a couple of things that i have once people are really i think serious about you know um religious life or priests i have them do basically three things and the first is like you mentioned, is is trying to get to Mass every day because, you know, the Mass is a source and summit of our faith and, uh, uh, you know, the Eucharist. And, and, and so that's the, the first thing is, is to really get serious about, hey, if, if I'm, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be kind of part of my life. And so, and I think that's a, that's a great, um, that's a great, uh, thing to, to get to Mass each day if, if they can. And then, uh, secondly, uh, to find a, some type of spiritual director. And so I kind of, um, I kind of facilitate that. I get people to, uh, you know, because I think that's again helpful to have another person that they can speak to, uh, especially if someone's discerning priesthood. Try to uh, connect them with a priest. Uh, I think that's that's good. And we have mm-hmm. some really tremendous priests in our diocese. And then, you know, the the, the third thing is um, prayer. And so, you know, developing some type of habit of prayer. And, and some people already have that. Um, uh, but, uh, some kind of need a little help. And so the spiritual direction helps with that. And then, you know, along with, with, with going to mass every day, frequent confession and reconciliation, you know, um, is, is so helpful. And, 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 and for me, my own kind of discernment, I would say those, those, you know, going to mass and then uh, getting, uh, more frequent going to the sacrament of reconciliation was, was helpful for me, um, personally. And so those are the things that, you know, there's no, there's no magic, um, thing, you know, but I think if, if they can really, uh, you know, you know, make mass priority in, in the sacrament of reconciliation, uh, a, a more, um, sort of, uh, uh, fervent prayer life, a more, uh, you know, rigorous or, you know, uh, prayer so important. Yeah. And, uh, then spiritual direction, uh, is, is that final piece. And so that's, those are really those concrete steps. I think when people are, are discerning, um, really, um, where God is calling them. And so I think it's, it's again, time well spent, and, and those are all great practices mm-hmm. for any of us, you know, so, 
Yeah. yeah, not just if you if you're going to go in the priesthood or religious life. You know, all of us, if mm-hmm. we develop those habits, will mm-hmm. guide us. Will be open to the Holy Spirit's guidance as to what we're called to do. Hey, it, we're at the bottom of the hour. We need to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Father Ross about, you know, what does a seminarian look like? Is there a typical seminarian, or or you know, we have some statistics from the 2018 class of those that were ordained and and talk about our numbers and, and what we should all be doing then in our discernment to um, what God is calling us to do. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com Blackbird Investments, doing what is challenging because it's right. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts of the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics. Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you. Online at mercydesmoines.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Father Kirby, pastor of St. Elizabeth Parish in Carlisle, will lead a 10-day pilgrimage to the Holy Land, August 3rd to the 12th. Walk where Jesus walked in Nazareth, Mount Tabor, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, Jericho, Bethany, Bethlehem, and the Old City of Jerusalem. Learn more at crownofbethlehem.com. Crownofbethlehem.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Corel Contractor, serving Des Moines site work constructed needs for over 60 years, and the Iowa ENT Center, expert ear, nose, and throat care for adults and children. 
Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work-related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred, double D, Haas, double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be getting sunshine today. Our temperature in the mid-60s. A few clouds overnight down to about 48. Then for tomorrow, warmer mid-70s, but we could get a few showers or thunderstorms. The weather is being brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy, outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Welcome back to the Great Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, uh, we're talking about the state of vocations for the Diocese of Des Moines, and my guest is Father Ross Parker. He is the vocations director for the diocese, longtime friend. And Father, um, I found some statistics from Kara uh, out of Georgetown University. It was the um, they analyzed the 2018 class of newly ordained priests. So in the United States, there were 430 uh, new priests mm-hmm. in 2018. Now, here's the, here's the average of that class. They, they first considered priesthood at 17. They were ordained at 35, which means that, that on average, they didn't go to seminary right out of high school. They went to college and graduated, maybe worked for a little bit. They entered seminary somewhere between the ages of 25 and 29. Now, mm-hmm. 90% of them were baptized as infants, so those sacraments were good. 83% of their parents were both Catholic. Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh, okay, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Is there a typical seminarian for the Diocese of Des Moines? What do you see in our guys? Yeah, good question. Um, there's no, yeah, definitely no typical seminarian. All are different. All have uh, different stories. From you know, one man uh, was uh, was uh, previously married, and uh, his wife tragically passed away. You know, a few years ago, and and, and he's in his uh, mid fifties, and then um, and so um, and then one uh, then guys who are right out of high school. And uh, some guys who are out of um, college or started in college, um, and then uh, one guy who was actually in the Des Moines Symphony and and worked at High V is 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 a first year man. So I think all over the board, I would say probably more trending in in at least Iowa, uh, more towards a little bit younger uh, seminarians and hmm. priests and. Um, I think that's just sort of uh, a cultural thing as well, you know. So if you look at, you know, the East Coast and West Coast, I think you know, just in marriages or um, other vocations that that people tend to uh, get married, you know, later in life, and where um, it seems like a lot of my weddings are, you know, people in their in their twenties and, and early thirties, and so I think that's mm-hmm. that's maybe just a little bit more of a, a Midwest thing, um, but uh, yeah, I think. All those are, 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 are um, I look at those, those, that's nice that, that Georgetown does that. 
um, study each. It's interesting, a lot of things to kind of glean from that study, so I'm happy that they do that. Mm-hmm. So I guess it goes back to that first comment that you made that you need to remain open to what God's calling you to do. I mean, the gentleman that is whose wife passed away, you know, yeah. it was if that was on his mind, even though happily married, mm-hmm. you know, he was open to what God wanted him to do. The gentleman who was in the symphony, open to what God wants them to do, and not just yeah. say, nope, I made the choice, I am a musician, I, you know, I do whatever, and I'm going to discount this thought. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the key. It's that, and I guess I just try to, you know, talk time blue in the face to the kids that I, that I deal with, but it's sort of that, you know, you got to be open to it. You got to be thinking about it, you know, don't close yourself off to something. Um, and it doesn't mean that, you know, you're, you're going to for sure be a nun or a priest, but mm-hmm. it just means that, that you're, that you're open to it, that you're thinking about it. And when that's how we should all be, unless we're already in our vocations is that we should have that, that, that openness to wherever God is leading us and be able to be surprised by God and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and listen to him. So, yeah. I had a, a young man that was um, at our home parish that when mm-hmm. he was in junior high, older junior high, he always was serving at mass and, and mm-hmm. always helped with whatever the liturgies were. And, and I said to him, you know, I think you would make a, a fine young priest. Have you ever prayed about it? And he kind of mm-hmm. looks at me and he's like, if I pray about it, does that mean it'll happen? <laughs> yeah. And, and I thought, right. okay, there's a little education here for this young man yeah. that is afraid to pray about it because if sure. he does, then, it, then it's a guarantee. Right, right. No, no. So it's that's what you should do is pray about it because that's how we we discern it. There's no, um, you know, God isn't a, a, a magic genie, you know, granting wishes, but uh He's he's there to to listen to to guide to uh, you know uh, propose things to us in our prayer and 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 that's the thing and and also too I think that there's no like I tell people even if you discerned wrong even if you got the you, you did the you did the thing you weren't supposed to do I don't don't think that ever is is really true but God will always make a way for you so there's no um, God will always be there um, to to kind of to, to uh, write straight, you know, with, with a crooked line, you know. So, um, mm-hmm. so there's no, there's no, um, yeah, there's, <laughs> but that was good for, for you, Gene, um, uh, reaching out to a young person and, and, and recognizing those gifts and, and just, yeah, the way to propose, have you prayed about it, have you brought it to prayer? So good for you for doing that. Didn't I ask you're you were you're helping me do that, so I appreciate yeah. that. I was gonna say, didn't I help you? Didn't I ask you if you were gonna be a priest when you were a young man? Probably you did. I think the thing was that everyone thought my brother John, John was gonna be a priest. I think that was the the big thing, you know. And um yeah. you know, he's he has a lot more, I would say, gifts than me in terms of, you know, he's smart, uh thoughtful, more thoughtful than me and uh but uh I think uh I think some people, yeah, they they asked, and that was was really good. People like you and the parish, and then, you know, my parents were also um, were good about, um, yeah, just that invitation. You know, you should be thinking about what's your vocation, and so. Uh, well, so, yeah, you had was, a, was it an good. uncle that was a priest. Yes, my uncle is a priest. My dad's brother, and then um, in Buffalo, New York, and then. 
my maybe some people listening would remember uh, Monsignor John McElhon uh, is my grandmother's first cousin and was very influential in my life. Uh, he passed away in 2006, and then uh, then even going back further, he he died a younger man. Uh, Father uh, Jimmy McElhon uh, is also a cousin, and uh, he died. I don't remember him. He died when I was a real little kid, so I don't remember. Uh, but those are two of my my relatives who are who are also priests um, in the diocese, and so. Um, yeah, especially Monsignor McElhon was someone I really looked up to growing up as well. And so that was um, very, very helpful. So we all can't have priests that are relatives, but we can all sure. be relative to our young men that yes. are looking at the, at the priesthood. So, you know, uh, yeah, someone else that has con- been considered very impactful in um, the increase of seminarians, and that's uh, St. John Paul II. There was a huge increase in vocations uh, during his pontificate, and the numbers have remained fairly constant, fairly flat since his death Mm -hmm. 15 years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. Were you a a John Paul um, seminarian? I think that, you know, they kind of classified there was a a class of young men that were really um, enamored and drawn to the priesthood because of John Paul. Yeah, I, I would definitely. Yeah, yeah, I would definitely consider myself. Uh, like I tell people, I'm a St. JP two fanatic, and and just love um, everything about uh, St. John Paul the Great, one of my favorite saints, and he's one of the kind of co-patrons of our of our uh, vocations office, and um, just um, I think he just inspired us young people, young men. I think, and and I think what's inspiring about him is that uh, just how much. Uh, he loves the Lord and His holiness, and it just His joy, uh, and I think that's what's uh, infectious, and I think that's what uh, young men, men, every, women, everyone is are are drawn to holiness. There's nothing more attractive uh, than personal holiness, and He really exuded that. And I think also the fidelity to the truth, the fidelity to the to the uh, church. Um, you know, so I definitely would consider myself uh, St. John Paul II, you know, priest, uh, you know, of that generation, and and uh, and then obviously to continue that with um, obviously uh, Pope Benedict, and uh, I was in the seminary during the time of of Pope Benedict, and then um, then he um, then then the last my when I was a deacon. Uh, Pope Francis, and so had you know during my life blessed to have uh, such great you know holy fathers and, and good witnesses. So that's why I tell people that the, the little kids, the kids don't understand today that you know Saint John Paul was Pope pretty much my whole life until I was uh, twenty two or yeah in two thousand five mm-hmm. he died. So it's crazy to think about that. I didn't, didn't know any different, uh, you know. So it's that's amazing to think about his yeah. impact on our church and our world, really. So. Hey, we're going to take our final break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about our numbers. You know, how many guys do we have in seminary? How many maybe are are in the application process? And and what can you do if you or someone you know is are wanting to explore seminary or religious life in any capacity? What is your next step? You're listening to Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. 
Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Partial support for Catholic Women Now comes from injury attorney Fred Haas. When Iowans have been injured through no fault of their own, in a car, truck, or motorcycle accident, harmed in a work-related injury, or suffered injury due to negligence of others, Fred Haas has been on their side to help recover from financial, physical, and emotional loss. Fred, double D, Haas, double A. Online at fredhaas.com. The Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. Thank you to Confluence Brewing Company for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Confluence Brewing Company, brewed locally and featuring regular, seasonal, and limited-release beers available in their tap room and at local stores, bars, and restaurants. Confluence has a beer garden for you, your family, and friends to enjoy. Confluence Brewing Company is located at 1235 Thomas Beck Road off the bike trail south of Grays Lake and online at confluencebrewing.com. Confluence Brewing Company, where good things come together, ingredients, ideas, and friends. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you online at mercydesmoines.org. Nearly 64% of all abortions in Iowa are chemical, or more commonly known, the abortion pill. At Intervisions Healthcare, we do not provide the abortion pill, but we do provide the medical information required to make an informed decision. If a woman regrets taking the first pill, she can come to Intervisions to help reverse the effects. Our nursing staff is trained in the abortion pill reversal protocol, a relatively new medical procedure, but we need your help in getting the word out. For more information on the free medical services at Intervisions Healthcare or to support the mission, visit IVHcare.org. Welcome back to Straight Talk. This is Dean Wells. And my guest today is Father Ross Parker. We're talking about the state of vocations for the Diocese of Des Moines and how really each of us are called to a vocation, a married life, single life, a religious life. And so I like to get down to the numbers. You know me, Father Ross. I want to know the numbers. Right. How many guys do we have right. in seminary currently? Right now we have 15. Um, so... You know that's that's been down a little bit. The, the kind of the, kind of there's been a little bit of a worldwide sort of a downward trend in in vocations or in seminarians, and so I think our diocese is kind of reflecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what fifteen, but we get uh, a lot of factors. A lot of factors. I can't I can't uh, I can't put my hand on on one thing, but I think you know 
um, a lot is, um, you know, I don't want to scapegoat certain, uh, you know, groups of, of people, but sometimes I think young people, they have so many options that it's, it's hard for them sometimes to make a decision, to make a commitment. And I think um, that's one. And there's just a host of other, other, um, other reasons. And, uh, but I think that's definitely one. And then, um, you know, I, yeah, the, the amount of options, the amount of things that um, people have to deal with too nowadays that in the past, even when I was growing up that I didn't have to deal with. And uh, so I think um, that's definitely, definitely one of them. And, uh, but um, we, you know, we're focused on, we have 15 and they're, they're tremendous men and uh, very mm-hmm. proud of each of them. And they're uh, doing great work. And so we, as a diocese, I think we should be rightfully proud of, of them. And, uh, you know, I was reading uh, Cardinal Robert Sarah, one of my favorite uh, uh, kind of churchmen today, you know, he talked about, you know, there's never been enough priests uh, in the church. And you think about the 12 right. apostles changed the whole world, you know, and so um, we can do, we need good priests. We need holy priests. And, mm-hmm. and so obviously wish we had more, but we have, we, we have mm-hmm. what we have and we're, we have great men. So that's, we're mm-hmm. really proud of them. Do you have any in the pipeline that will be starting school this fall? Yes, and we we had one man, uh, our friend there from Indianola, Connor, started in in January, and so uh, one one new man there, and then hopefully three more. So that'll be very good. And uh, that's good because if you ordain four this next year, you're going to have to replace those. That's a part of your yeah. job. <laughs> Absolutely, I gotta I gotta, and then that's why I need the people of God in the diocese. Their their help, you know, being out there like what you did. Uh, recruiting for me and, uh, you know, um, asking people, you know, where is God calling you and inviting our young people to be thinking about, um, their, their personal vocations. And so I think, you know, I think, I think for our diocese, if, if we had, um, you know, maybe if we kept the numbers at 20, if the vocation director did a little bit better job, I think that would be, you know, helpful to kind of keep up with, um, guys retiring and then ordinations. And so, yeah, that, that class of four will be very nice. Uh, God willing. Well, and you know, I, I I think you know it's it's not so much the vocations director's job. I mean, yeah, it is. But mm-hmm. I look at we need as parents, we need to plant the seed from the time that they're little that we should be open to what God wants us to do. You know, it's yes. like, oh, is that a good thing? You know, when you're three, are you going to be yeah. a priest? No, but you know, yeah. are you kind? Our, you know, would yeah. Jesus want you to be doing that? You know, we should always want to know what Jesus wants us to do when they're, especially when they're little. And so they yeah. they just grow up with the looking to Jesus and looking to God for guidance. And then when they get to major decisions, they, they're they ready. And then and then, then your job should be kicking in. But, but if you're having yeah. to recruit them to think about that from the get-go, that's an insurmountable task, my friend. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's the thing. And that's the key, Jean, you hit the nail on the head that it's, it's sort of a, a, you know, that, that lifelong fidelity to faith that starts as young people, it starts at our baptism. And then, you know, so it's, it's really parents. And then also, you know, if you look at the CARA um, study, the, the, the young people are inspired by their own pastors as well. And so it's not me, you know, who, who they're inspired by. It's, it's their, their mm-hmm. pastors. And so I really, that's another key component is, is, and I try to talk mm-hmm. to my brothers, you know, and they'll say, well, you know, 
I did your job for you. I said, no, we're all, we're all vocation yes. directors. My job is sort of at the end and, uh, you know, to help guys or and to get to the seminary girls, to get to the convents. And so mm-hmm. that, that your, your, your job is in parents right. is, is that, that lifelong faith uh, formation and, and, and education. And so, yeah, you're right. So, Father, let's say someone's out there, um, young man or young woman that's looking at that religious life and they're kind of at a, it's like, what do I do now? You know, I think this is what yeah. God's calling me, but I don't know what to do next yeah they just pick up the phone and call two three seven fifty fifty i love your yep. phone number by the way <laughs> yep you got it fifty fifty two three seven fifty fifty call me email me um and that's that's the best way and, and i think it takes a lot of courage to do that but i think the main thing is young people or anyone has questions and so i think the basically thing i can do is kind of put their mind at ease answer questions that, that people have. And I think that's really the key is just to reach out to me and I can, I can connect them with, with resources, things that they need, books, whatever it is to kind of answer some of those questions that they're having. So I know it takes, again, like you said, is it going to happen? No, either I'm going to be a nun or a priest, but it's just getting some questions answered and, and, uh, and kind of um, learning, you know, information is power to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to kind of get the information that they need and get it in their hands. So, well, and I think, yeah. too, that initially, that initial phone call, once you say hello, they yeah. started on that journey of the brotherhood for the priests, so that when you connect them to a religious order for women, you know, yeah. that they can, can start that sisterhood, that it's not me isolated doing this thing on my own, that I am in a brotherhood and a sisterhood, that we are all on a journey and a perpetual journey. Exactly right. And I think that's, that's the key that you're not alone. You're not alone in this. You're not isolated that it's, we're here to help you, you know? So that mm-hmm. that's exactly right. That you're not, Oh, do I do this or that? Or I think that's why, um, you know, good spiritual direction is so important because sometimes we can be so, so much in our head that, you know, just to say it out loud, oh, that's, that's not, I shouldn't be worried about this or that or or whatever Mm -hmm. it is, or, you know, so I think that's, yeah, you're exactly right that we have, we're here to help one another. And that's, that's the goal. So, yeah, right. Well, Father Ross, I want to thank you so much for taking the time today. We are all remote. I'm at home, you're at home, we're all having these conversations, but still technology has connected us as community. And so I, I thank you yeah. for your time today. Folks, if you have any interest in priesthood, religious life, or would like to support those on that journey, uh, you can give Father Ross a call at 515-237-5050. I um, also want to thank Jimmy Olson, our producer for today's show, and Jean Wells, and, and asking both St. John Paul II and St. John Vianney, patron saints, for our priests to guide all of those discerning a life of service for the church. Help them to faithfully contemplate God's will. St. John Vianney, St. John Paul II, pray for us. Iowa Catholic Radio and Straight Talk is on the air because of your prayers and your generosity. I thank you so much. Please consider, as you can, a tax-deductible gift to Iowa Catholic Radio. Go online to iowacatholicradio.com. Street Talk is every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and rebroadcast at 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio and always available on podcasts 
through our website. Stay tuned for Christ is the Answer with Father John Ricardo. God bless. Straight Talk, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio with Gene Wells. Brought to you by Blackbird Investments.